Hello everyone and welcome to Club Deck Corner here on Club Act 22, the Rangers podcast. We are live tonight for a bit of a change and the reason for that just quickly is childcare issues and work commitments and stuff. One thing that will either happen, we'll either release a recorded podcast around half seven on a Tuesday and or we'll either be live. That's the way it's going to be going forward. We just need to move things about from time to time. So tonight we're live, so enjoy it. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, this week in Club Deck Corner, we will discuss the positives and negatives of the 5-2 win over St Murren on Saturday and even Rabbi Matondo will get slight praise from me. Yes, you heard me correctly. I've not lost my marbles. It's not the sun. Uh, I will give Rabbi Matondo a wee bit of praise tonight. So yes, uh, I'm Scott Carney, of course, and before I introduce you lads, um, eagle-eyed listeners or eagle-eyed viewers as well, eagle-eared viewers, I think that's what you say, we have we've actually got a new intro song. Uh, the reason for that, the kind of false change that we've had, is the song that we were using before, for reasons best known to the people that own it, it is now copyrighted for a podcast, so we can't use it, no matter what I do, uh, I, um, I can't use it, and I wasn't illegally using it in the first place, so there's nothing I can do, we were, our hand was kind of our hand was kind of forced at that point, so we have a new song, but hopefully you're not here just to listen to our intro music. Anyway, uh, joining me tonight, Scott Gemmell. How are you, mate? Evening, Carney. Yeah, the sun's out. Um, we bit rushed off my feet today, but I enjoying this weather and yeah, looking forward to discussing what was a in the end a, a comfortable and enjoyable afternoon on Saturday there. Mm, definitely. And Ryan Haymarch, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm actually digging the new intro music. I was listening to it and nodding my head away there and. <laughs> I'd quite like to say thank you to Alistair Pearson for dropping everything, getting his guitar out and, and giving us that wee, wee bit of music. That was that was great of him to do that. Yeah, um, Alice, in case you wonder where Alistair is, uh, I was worried about Scotia um, getting getting po- like poached by another podcast, but it turns out Ali's been at it the whole way around. So, yeah, more on that to come, I, I'm sure. You can ask Ali what I mean by that next time you see him. I'm kidding, Ali will be back on Friday. Um, so, yeah, um, obviously, before we get into things, shameless plug as always, to support the podcast to reach the next level, you can join the YouTube channel for as little as 99p a month. You can also buy the podcast a coffee and join the Coffee Buying Legend membership via buymeacoffee.com. All the links are in the description for this podcast. Thank you all our members. Thank you all our Coffee Buyers really do appreciate it uh, and really do appreciate helping us get this podcast to the, the next level. Um, now before I go on, again I'm, you're going to need to listen to, to me talking for a little bit um, those that have watched the um, know that we've done the podcast for the British Heart Foundation um, there's something that kind of ties into that uh, that I'm about to about to discuss with you just now um, so I need to give a, a shout out to Jeanette who's a member of the Skirmley and Weems Bay Razor Supporters Club who is doing the kilt walk for the British Heart Foundation she's a very close friend of my dad she sits in the club deck as well we get to see her at half time uh, but she's doing the kilt walk and her reason for this is as follows um, I have chosen this charity in the memory of a dear friend's daughter Emma Elizabeth Carney who sadly passed passed away with heart failure. Please can I ask for donations towards this event to raise money for the British Heart Foundation in memory of Emma to support both the family and the organisation. I'd be so grateful for the support. The British Heart Foundation has helped half the number of people dying from heart disease in the UK, but sadly every day hundreds of people lose their lives. It's only thanks to support from people like us that the British Heart Foundation can create new treatments and discover new cures. £24 could pay for two hours of research by an early carer scientist early career scientist even but every pound helps so please give what you can to help me hit my target thank you now i think she's approaching or has just passed a thousand um based on manual donations and are just giving page but i have left the description for the podcast a uh, description for the donation the just giving page and the the description for the podcast obviously it's very close to me it's obviously it's in memory of my sister i can't thank Jeanette enough for choosing to do that for uh for my dad as well i know it means so much to my dad as well because obviously my, they're, they're good friends but it's a fantastic gesture so if you can if you can spare a pound um please do so please do so it'd be very very much appreciated and there already has been people i put it up on social medias earlier on this week and uh jimmy um you all know Jimmy. Jimmy's come in with 50 quid um, as well. Um, and Billy as well, put in a tenner as well. Um, so I can't I can't thank you enough for doing that. Um, and Jimmy, you're just a nutter. Honestly, you're just an absolute madman. But I appreciate it. Right, anyway, gentlemen, um, we'll move on. We'll move on from that. Um, so Rangers were 5-2 winners over St Mern at Ibex on Saturday, uh, which in a score line that certainly didn't tell the tale of the full match. Ryan, I'll come to you first, mate. Safe to say it felt a bit end of season vibes, man. Oft, 
Oh, mate, I was struggling on Saturday. The sun was lovely, by the way. I will say that to you. I was going to Texas <laughs> during the game. I had my sunshades on, obviously, in the government front, and the sun was lovely, and I was enjoying that. But, oh, I just... It was a slog to watch, mate. I mean, I'm glad they finished it off well, but it was, it was of course, it was positive. It was in the game, and we'll, we'll talk about them uh, individuals, but we just... It was everything that's we, we knows caused us to be in the position where, that we are, and so far behind Celtic, not doing enough up one end, and the defending was, was shocking at times. But we finished off well. We got the three points, and it's very much a kind of bill, a bill stamp on the game where we don't play well at Ibrooks. We never ever play well at Ibrooks, but we got the win, and that that is the most important thing. But um, it was a slog, mate, and I am struggling to struggling to watch Rangers at Ibrooks without a pint at the moment. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I know the feeling, mate. I know the feeling. Um, it was. It was a strange. It was a strange day beforehand. I felt as well. You're kind of going like, I wasn't that keen to get myself to his pub as early as to, to the pub as early as I usually do. Kind of meandered my way down. Didn't really have much of the the buzz in me at all. And yeah, the the first half especially kind of went the way I expected. I expected it to be like that. I wasn't shocked by it or getting particularly upset about it um, until we probably conceded actually, and then I got a wee bit <laughs> a wee bit upset about it. Um, Scotia, before we break break it down. Um, about with, with 10 to 15 minutes left to go I certainly didn't see a 5-2 victory coming No, not at all not at all because we don't do this we don't do this season and that's maybe perhaps where the game for me just looking back on it and immediately after the match I thought of it more fondly because we finished it off so strongly with those three goals because as I said we've not done that enough this season usually we're a team that will get the two goals three goals up and we'll stop and we'll just see games out. This one we actually had because of the, the O'Hara getting equalised in the 65th minute. We had to go out and, and get the victory, and you know we done done that with the three players and one goal in particular. Again, that at the time I probably didn't notice how good it was. And um, watching it back though, it's a very good goal. And um, if this game had been a meaningful game, I think that goal that we scored at the very end would have been up there for goal of the season for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, definitely. Um, they say we'll, 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 we'll break down that obviously we are the negative podcast so we'll, we will go through the negatives and we will also go through the positives as well of what we've seen on, on Saturday which I do think there, there were some there were some definitely take from it negatives Ryan you, you mentioned it the defensive um, the defensive errors that we made all at sea man for both goals in particular like uh, it's, it's a it's a weird thing that's creeping into us of not being able to clear our lines doing the fundamentals of defending and I suppose it led me to thinking Oh, Goldson, where are thou? Aye, there's nobody will convince me otherwise that, that we don't miss Connor Goldson. And what do you think he's good enough to take us to the next level or where we want to go or not? There is one thing that Goldson does is and is organises that defence. He leads the back four. He just he keeps a shape about us, and when he's not there, I I definitely notice it watching Rangers. I see panic at the back. I see people not taking accountability. And listen, that that second goal was a it was an absolute wonder strike, and the boy took it well. But they just there's a lack of urgency to get the ball back, and a lack of closing down urgency to close players down. And I'm not saying Connor Goldsmith would have changed all of that, but I think he makes a huge difference. And we definitely miss him. We saw it when he was out for months, months before uh, beginning of the season with how much we miss him, and it just it nails down how important he is to me. Um, for the Rangers back four and follow the team as a whole. But that next to that, Ben Davies, mate, um, there are more than just a few red flags for me with Ben Davies. I am more than concerned about him going forward. Yeah, we'll come, we'll come to him just shortly, mate. We'll definitely come to him um, just shortly. Scotia, <clears throat> the first goal in particular, I know you've not had much chance, mate, because due to work, taking a catch-up word about it, I say I watched the game back and the first goal, it... The first goal was end of season for me. It was just players not getting out half as quick as they should have. Because initially, from the initial cross, Suter does quite well. He, he must get it about 
25 yards, 30 yards away from goal with the initial header. But our reaction time to get out to it is, is honestly embarrassing how bad it was. Um, and don't get me wrong, the finish is honestly what a strike. It's like an absolute, it's definitely a soccer AM job. That it's a, It was an absolute peach of a finish. Um, but you're sitting there going, well, yeah, it's a great goal, but why did we let it get to that? And it's the second goal as well, mate, that we conceded. Lundstrom and Suter don't cover themselves in glory. They both get in each other's way, and it's all just a bit messy. And uh, it's, yeah, as Ryan says, you can't tell me it's not down to Goldson not being there because he does breathe confidence throughout that team. Yeah, so on the first goal, like you say there, end of season, yeah, that comes to mind because even before the ball came into Suter, Raskin's kind of slowly tracking back out in yeah. the left-hand wing, and he, he lets him get a shot away. Suter, as you say, great header. Although this comes back to Alan McGregor should be coming for that and collecting that, but it's Alan McGregor. This isn't something to do with Alan McGregor's age. I just don't think that's the type of ball he's ever really came for. But for me, I would want my keeper coming for that. But sort of clears it well. And like you say, yeah, Davis is really just too slow off the mark here. And I think Davis over the last couple of games, he's, he was getting at the stage for me, which where I was growing on him. He's quite in the last couple of games. He's quite quickly got my mind going back to where I was before. That there's just something that I don't quite see with Davis that I get with other players. I don't know what it is. He's maybe a wee bit too timid. He appears at times. He's not not a big shouter or whatnot. Um, their second, I, yeah, Lundstrom's really poor for this one for me. Suter tries to tries to be commanding and get there, but he makes a messy makes a messy to kind of jump for his header there and then falls over and um, yeah it was poor there again I do think given time Suter could be a commanding presence in a defence but that's only his what third start for Rangers Suter so and he's just just back from injury as well I think given time Suter could be a commanding presence in in the centre of defence but yeah we do definitely miss Connor Goldson and I think that's very evident with Ben Davies I think he does need someone with a lot of leadership beside him. Like I would be, we we seen this earlier in the season when it was like Davis and um, Leon King playing together. That there wasn't an awful lot of confidence in that defence. So yeah, we massively miss Goldson in moments like these. And it's that's what the worry with Davis for me comes as well that he do, he doesn't seem to be that commanding. Yeah, um, I would agree. Um, I was I was banging the Davis drum. I really was. I didn't really. I didn't really see what other people were seeing. Uh, but then again, I don't really see what other people see in Talanda. Um, that's probably my lack of footballing knowledge and my complete arrogance to only watch Rangers playing football and no other team in the world. So there's probably a bit of that in that. I will ad- I will admit it. But Ryan, you, you mentioned it with, with Davis. The questions are being asked about him now. Um, there's definitely people thinking mm, he's maybe not quite up to the standard that we maybe thought he was going to be. Uh, but it could be down to the fact that Goldson hasn't been there, hasn't been there. I'm not going to be too harsh on Suter, and I don't even think he really deserves to be discussed now. He's missed a lot of football, Suter. He's only getting himself back into the thing. This is a brand new team for him. You, you have to give him time. I'm going to do that that thing where I say give him time and then he's going to make a howler at the weekend. I'm going to say, sell him, get rid of him. But you know, you know what I mean? There's no there's, there's no reason for us to react that quickly to Suter because I think he's a decent enough player. I do. I, I think he's, he's injury prone. His injury prone does worry me slightly, but I don't think he deserves a... a, a a kind of talking down or a, um, any sort of criticism to go his way. Second goal didn't cover his selling glory, as I said, but I think he was, I think he was, he was too keen. I think he was too keen. But Davis, mate, um, as I say, it is leading to the questions of, um, do we do we need reinforcements in the defence? Uh, uh, is this something that Rangers should be looking into? Is this part of the one of the five names that we need a another leader in the in the back line? A hundred percent for me. I think we do. I think when you look at, um, I think anyone would argue we play our, our strongest defence against Celtic the past couple of games. I can think anyway, at least. And we concede very sloppy goals, and that tells you everything that we need to strengthen the defence. Whether it is right back, left back, centre half, it doesn't matter. I think it's very apparent Rangers need to strengthen the defence. And it's, it's cross balls that you need someone that's going to attack the ball, be a bit more aggressive. I think Goldson's capable, capable of not doing that as well at times, so I'm not just going to hang Davies out to dry, but I think it does lack somebody a bit more physical. And um, Before I get jumped on in the comments, I'm not saying Nico Katic, but someone like that, someone who is very good at heading the ball, but maybe not as good with the ball at their feet, if you get me. So I think Rangers need... Definitely, I would, I would be concerned if Rangers went into... 
next season with Borna Barajic, Tavernier, Goldson and Davies as their back four. I would I would definitely be concerned about that. So, yes, I'm not writing off Ben Davies at this time, but I'm definitely concerned about it. And I think he needs someone who's going to push him all the way for that place. And if not, take it off him because we are powder puff. I can't remember the, the phrase uh, Scotia used to to describe Ben Davies, but he is. He's, he just seems a bit weak and a bit... <clears throat> he's very nice with the ball at his feet, but it was just a couple of times. I think it was a... What do you call the striker up front for St Mirren again? It's Chris. Curtis Main. Curtis Main. That's the one. He, he gave him a bit of hassle and dribble, he was dribbling towards him just straight on and he could be, he could just he just get beat with the ball at his feet and it was just two or three times I was like, oh, that's not a good sign against a team like St Mirren. No disrespect to them, but Ben Davies will have to play a lot better than that to be a Rangers regular centre-half for me. Yeah, he was weak at points. He, he got he got beat very easily out on our left-hand side um, in the first half or the second half. Hang on, I need to figure this out because we swapped sides. Can't remember. In the first half, I think it was the first half. Wasn't it No, because it was close to me as well. So he's done on both sides. Well, he can't even. Yeah, uh, I, I remember the second time he got done. I think he get beat both halves. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, he can't be close to both of us at the same time, mate. That's that's not real. We're literally direct opposite from each other in the stadium. Uh, but yeah, it, it was, and it, it looked like he once he got it wrong, you could see the head going down. Do you know what I mean? You could see his head dropping a bit, and I'm like, you're going to need to be stronger than that. You really are going to need to be stronger than that, Scotia. Um, as the, the the quintessential defender at heart that you are. Um, what's your opinions on our, our back line, mate? Is, do you believe that we need reinforcements there? You asked me this question, or you asked for transfers in the summer a few weeks ago, and I kind of put as a centre-half, like, yeah, we probably need it, but it's probably the lowest of where we where we need reinforcements. I do still think it's fairly low down the priority list because I do think we need strikers and a midfielder and a keeper more urgently. Um, in, in some respects, depending on what type of midfielder we bring in, that could be a midfielder that could help out the defence. You know, I'm not saying like a complete defensive-minded mid, midfielder, but someone like Raskin who sits a wee bit deeper and offers covers for your fullbacks and um, going forward and things like that. But I do think that um, just over the last couple of games, that I'm a wee bit worried um, with the, the, the defensive, the numbers in defence, because I've seen someone in the comments put there as well that King, yeah, potentially he's getting put out on loan because he's not really had a sniff at all since Suter's come back from injury since Beal's been in I don't think King's really made all that many benches either um, so probably best for his development if he leaves to go on loan over the summer um, we've got Lewis Mayo out on loan at Kelly but again I don't see him coming in and I don't see him you know I think we need to we definitely need to go out and maybe get someone just more competition sort of thing and yeah just with Ellender going, we probably do need a wee bit of cover in that left-hand side of defence if Davies isn't going to be the answer. And right now, he's not kind of giving me the confidence that he will be going forward. Yeah, well, whatever his name is, Hollander is definitely going. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about it. We cannot continue to 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 follow on the Ross Wilson footprint of yeah but if we can get a tune out him or a yeah if we can keep him fat we can't be doing that anymore we need we need we need young talent is what we need we need people that are strong that are looking to develop maybe to the next level and maybe to reach their peak this is the full football model that we're running on Cantwell and Raskin are the perfect um perfect kind of blueprint for that because they are at that age where you're looking they're looking to make that next step into, uh, into their development into their reaching their peak uh, as a footballer and we need that even in defence I think I think people will always harp on and go back to things like oh but we shouldn't have let Balogun go oh we shouldn't have let Katic go Katic was gung-ho man like just full out I will win that ball no matter what but in terms of football and ability he wasn't the best he really wasn't the best and he was quite naive at times with his, his decision making but again I think without being too harsh on, on Davies I, I, I just think the, the lack of Conor Goldson there really does not help matters it really doesn't I, I think we you just notice it there's not many I believe in that team that you notice not there. Um, maybe Cantwell's working his way into that conversation. We will come to Cantwell, but when Golden's not there, I just I feel like you can just feel it. It's a, it's, it's a strange thing, but that says everything about what Conor Golden is to that back line, I think, and what he is to Rangers. He's, he's the backbone of the... He's the backbone of the whole team. He's... Uh, and I say he's... he's 
everybody believes that he is our captain. That's what people like to like to say. But yeah, definitely concerns getting raised now um, because of the the standard of goal that we're conceding as well. And uh, I don't mean obviously the finish by the boy, but uh, it's 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 chances that are coming from us, our inability to be commanding in our in our defensive area, and that's why these chances are coming. Both both goals from St. Martin are good finishes. I can't take anything away from them, but they should never have been allowed the chance to get to that point. Um, Ryan, another negative, and I feel I've got, I'm beginning to feel bad about it. Um, is John Lundstrom, mate? I, I don't understand what he does. He wasn't particularly good defensively. He wasn't particularly good attacking. He played a few decent switch of play passes that I can remember, but I just I'm I'm, I'm running out of ways to think. Why do you continue to get a game in? in this team and is it purely because there's nobody else that's really up to it right now probably because he's on 30 grand a week I'd imagine yes that. probably yeah. that as well yeah <laughs> um, yes. I, I think I'd really like to think that Rangers are looking for a suitor in England to take John Lynch from away and get him off the wage bill because his time at Rangers unless he has some sort of miraculous comeback is over I just don't see I'm fitting into you can. I think when you watch Rangers now, they're not. It's not a total new identity, but you can see that Bill and his team are trying to get him to pass the ball forward a lot more. I think that's undoubtedly what they're trying to get Rangers to do. You see Cantwell do it. You see Raskin do it. They're doing it so much more than they did under Gio. John Lundstrom doesn't fit that mould. He doesn't pass the ball forward enough. He's slow. He tries to break play down. He tries to switch the ball over to the wings. And that's very nice, but that would be very nice for a team who want to play that way. That's not us now going forward. And I don't know what's happening. I don't know if it's appearance fees. I don't know. I, I don't understand why he's playing football for Rangers at the moment because it's painful to watch because he, he, is, he comes across a genuine guy who's trying his best for Rangers. You can tell he loves it here, probably pinching his cell at times. But it's just, I just don't. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, mate. It's confusing to watch him now. And it's. It's kind of sad as well because I do I do genuinely have this kind of admiration for him after last season, but now you're starting to you're starting to outdo all the good he did last season. I would rather see you just move him on and think, you know, you were great during that European run, John, and all the best going forward. Yeah, I mean, I can understand to an extent why he would be picked to play for the style of player that he is, because I'll respect St Murren for the fact that they came and actually tried to play a game of football, which is refreshing to see, I it really is refreshing to see, but I, I still, at points when we were commanding in um, possession, I was like, it's it's just the easy pass all the time, it's constantly the easy pass, and you're like, do, take a bit of a risk, do something, do you know what I mean? And I, I want him to find form again, but he seems... He seems kind of set on staying as well. Obviously, when you hear his comments and stuff that he's made to the press, that he seems to he loves being here, and I wish nothing more than John Lundstrom gets back to the form that he was in. But right now, as I say, it's a it's a real head scratcher for me. I, I I just struggle to understand his role within the team, um, and maybe the maybe the new system, maybe Beal's style of football that he wants to play, maybe it doesn't suit him, and maybe that's what he's struggling with. I don't know. I say I'm no I'm no expert in these things. Scotia, um, we had a discussion about Lundstrom. Um, I think after the game, and I think at half time as well and you didn't think he was particularly particularly bad so is it purely down to the flexibility you think that Lundstrom offers and by that I mean we can switch between a 3, 4 or a 5 at the back if Lundstrom is Lundstrom is playing I, I know what you mean there and yes he can offer you that and it, it worked probably better under Gio like Kenny Ryan says there in terms of the way that Gio was playing as well but what I was more speaking about is that game at the weekend there gone past I honestly don't think Lundstrom, that's nowhere near as bad as he's been playing recently. Um, it's, it wasn't a great performance. I just noticed it because it was a better performance than we've been getting from Lundstrom and Lundstrom's performances as of late have been really poor. Um, and I've been, even before, since Gio left, I've been worried about Lundstrom because he just never seemed to, Kenny, he was never clicking into gear. And no, yeah, he does offer you a wee bit of versatility, but for me, he's coming... The end of this season, he'll have one year left in his deal. I wouldn't be offering him a, con a contract extension unless, like Ryan says, he miraculously turns it around, which there's no evidence of that going to happen. So, no, I'd be kind of looking to kind of refresh that area. I think we need two centre midfielders anyway, but um, with Lundstrom going as well, that might need to knock up to three potentially um, because we're going to lose quite a, potentially lose quite a bit in the middle with some of the players that will be coming to the, 
sort of end of their careers and things as well in that area. Yeah, yeah. It's a, we, I think he's an asset. I think he's one of oh, an asset in searches that we could get some amount of money for him. I don't know how much you would get for him in the last year of his contract and whether a team is desperate enough to have him in this form, if that makes sense. Um, club admin Jamie Lowe did make a point that... Um, out, he's out. He is out of form. We think his best position is a bit further up the park. We have players in better form, so he's played out of position in DCM for me. There's may, maybe something in that. There may be something in that, but I don't know if he's got the legs. I don't. I just don't think every time you, every time he has to put the effort in to put a bat sprint in, it's proper head down. Like I'm, tr- like he's trying his hardest to get to 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 get there. If you like to get there, he's show a burst of pace, but I just don't believe it's there. It's a strange one. Was um, it? Was it the heart scheme? The Hearts game that him and Kamara played, I think that that's the only performance recently that springs to mind for me for Lundstrom. Yeah. I'm sure it was, I'm sure right. it was him and Kamara that played that Hearts game. But yeah. he's kind of gone back, he's reverted back to type, you know, not the type he was this time last year, but he was absolutely brilliant, best on earth material. But yeah, this season, <laughs> he's like Ryan says, he's kind of almost tarnishing his reputation. Everything that he worked for, like Ryan says, last season, it's kind of... I mean, it went for me a while ago this season, but um, I think it's starting to go for a, a wider swathe of the support at the moment. Yeah, definitely. So, right, enough of the negatives. We'll move on to a bit of positives from it. Um, five goals. I mean, we scored five goals. That, I mean, that's a positive. There is no doubt it's a positive. Is that the most goals we've scored in a game this season, Scotia? Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. I think the others yeah. have been four. Yeah, so Cantwell, Sakala, Amrelos at the double and Arfield. Um Scotia, I'll come to you first. Morelos, it's a strange one for me, this. Um, I thought it was much more like it from him uh, uh, in, in terms of a performance. Um, but it's probably a performance that makes you feel slightly uneasy because you're going, well, I don't think you're going to be here next season. So it's kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want sentiment to come into it because I do believe it is time for Fredo to move on. But when you see Morello scoring two goals, and especially his second goal is a very clever goal, it really is. Um, what what do you what do you make of Morelos? And this is where I'll give everybody hold your breath. Rabbi Matondo's run for the second goal uh, for Morelos' second goal and the picking out the pass of him was superb. Generally superb. The timing of the run was great. The picking out the pass for Morelos was perfect. It was straight into Alfie's path and Alfie was tidy um, with his finish. So what did you make of Alfredo? And I know it's a bit of an on. It's a bit of a. It feels a bit like a redundant conversation because we, we, I think we all believe that he's moving on, but it was definitely more like it because I, I do think he's had a bit, of a, a bit of a rough time recently. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying this now for a few weeks that I have keep on switching my mind between Kent and Morelos. Do I want them to stay? Do I not want them to stay? <laughs> this weekend, from the weekend there, it's Alfie played, had a performance where I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't really be that bothered if he stuck around, but I, sentiment's playing a massive part there it's probably a wee bit of safety in my part that you kind of know what you're going to get with Alfie and sometimes that's nothing because he doesn't appear and um, he's still over in Columbia and whatnot I think that the time probably is right for him to go to leave at the end of the season but if he plays like this from now until the end of the season plays like this at the end of the month against Celtic if he's selected then I'll have no issues with that because we've said it before for a million quid he's paid us back tenfold in terms of important goals the goal against Ligia Warsaw, for example. Um, that goal was absolutely brilliant. What was it, a couple of minutes to go? He scores that header. So he's paid his back. But he, he, I thought it was decent, again, on Wednesday. Wednesday sorry, I'm not thinking there. On Saturday, um, I think the, the problem is it's to try and t- find a type of player that we can replace Morelos, his kind of style with. There's not many of those type of players about there that can kind of, you know, the Morelos of 2019 the Morelos of the 55 season. Um, they they don't come cheap um, unless we get... Jonathan Johansson's back with Rangers, isn't he? So maybe he can pick up another diamond for us. Mm. That would be quite nice, mate. That would be quite nice. No, Ryan, I think the Morelos of that season, the, the Morelos in his, his... Not his prime, but his peak, I would say, for Rangers. Um, I, I believe Morelos will go on and do something else somewhere else and he'll probably be quite successful in wherever he goes because he'll have a... He'll have a bit of a hunger back. He'll have a bit of a point to prove as well from, from where he goes to. Um, but either that, mate, I do think it was a much improved performance by him. But uh, again, it's still 
it's still one of the ones that you're going, okay, well, he is going to move. And I think it more raises the eyebrow for me of going, we're going to really need to spend a series about a dollar to get a good striker in. Uh, it's definitely going to cost us, unless um, Bill's going to bring um, pick a dime there off. I mean, I've kind of said all season I would take that boy Duke from Aberdeen, but I'm not for a, for a second saying that's Alfredo Morelos' replacement. I'm not stupid, but mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to have to we're going to have to do a scout well. We're going to have to identify a player who can do it, and I also think we're going to have to get a backup for Roof for other forwards that are not playing when, when we want to. Um, we will miss Morelos, but it's for me, Morelos and Rangers are pretty much like a couple who break up and get back together, break up and get back together, and it's time they just called it a day and moved on. Yes, they have the odd nice night together, but the long-term relationship is not there between Rangers and Morelos. For me, that's mm-hmm. my opinion. The sentimental side, yes, he was great in the 55 season. That was two years ago. If Rangers did get a new contract with Alfredo Morelos out of the blue just now, I wouldn't be surprised if he turned up late for training in July again. And that, yeah. that's the cycle. I think Alfredo Morelos needs a new challenge now, and I, I totally agree with you. I think when he does move on, if it is this summer, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits the ground running with somebody and he gets fighting fit and he's banging goals in for someone. And and I think that's what he needs. I think he's been looking for a move away for Rangers for a, probably a year or two now. And, yeah, his finish was very cute on Saturday and, and they, were, they, were, they were great finishes, but I think quite a few people... Um, summed up in the comments for me too little too late with Alfredo Morelos now and it is nice to see him score goals for Rangers it's nice to see him to score goals but the time for me is to is, for, is to move him on mate yeah that's the the overriding feeling I think I, I get as well mate when I see him score a double but you get the wee you get the wee buzz about Alfredo because I loved him generally I loved him it's been a long time since I uttered he's my favourite player and I've said that in the podcast before and he was there was a stage where he was my favourite player I absolutely loved him I thought he was tremendous Uh, but yeah I'm the same it's a very good way of summing it up mate it's these two people that you know that shouldn't be together anymore but they continue to do it and it's never going to end well (laughs) you and Alfredo you and Alfredo are childhood sweethearts, mate. It's over. Yes, yes, it's <laughs> over, mate. I know. It's breaking my heart, mate. Breaking my heart. Um, just quickly on um, Shakala, Ryan. Far too erratic for me on Saturday. Okay, he did score um, the second goal for us and it's a tidy finish with, with the header. Apart from that, I didn't think he did very much at all. I thought he was poor in possession. I thought he was slack with his passes. I thought his end product was pretty much non-existent. And it raises the... Again, it just always comes back to me that I'm going... He's a lovely lad, he's a great guy, his stats are great, they really are, but it's can we put up with being frustrated at him <laughs> for for a lot of the time? Or am I being too well, am I being too what? Am I being too optimistic thinking that there's a player out there that can do it consistently that they would actually be playing in this league? I think for as long as Fashion Sakala plays for as we will be having this conversation. Yeah, probably. He could go to Aberdeen at the weekend and could slam into and we're, we're going, you know, we've just got to put up with that fashion scale. I think yeah. this is what we'll get from him and I think we'll always get it from him. He's just that frustrating type where, if you remember back, the, the, that performance when we were in the <clears throat> in the gantry that night and we were both looking at each other and just going like, I've not seen him last before from a foot, professional footballer. He genuinely didn't look like he was professional. It was... It was worrying, but then he scores like that goal against Dundee United months ago, where he takes it in the left foot and volley, and this is what you get from him. I, I personally would keep him. I would have him in the squad to bring on games. I would have him to start now and again. You kind of know after 20 minutes, half an hour, fast colour, what you're going to get. Sometimes he's just rapid, running at players, terrifying defenders. Then other times you wonder if he knows what the white lines in the pitch are for. You just you get worried when you watch him. Then I don't know. Maybe he will improve. Maybe he'll cut some things out of his games. I don't know. But I think that feeling. If we all share it, he's a very frustrating figure to watch. But on the flip side, if we've got a better team, you're not too worried about him because you know you'll get something out in the next game. That's kind of my attitude with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sharpie one one seven. His side score shot. He's a loose cannon. That pretty much sums him up. It really does because you you just don't know. But maybe I'm 
maybe I'm not one of the ones that's willing to put up with it, whereas others will be more than happy to put up with it if he continues to put stats in the way he does. But on Saturday, mate, I, I just thought he was frustrating me on Saturday. Yeah, he does that though. That's the colour. That's the colour in a nutshell. We've said it. I don't season. want it That's... though. I don't want no. it. I get frustrated enough having to listen to Alistair, mate, after a game or like <laughs> half time. Do you know what I mean? I don't <laughs> want to do that. I don't True. have to have that as well. True. But no, I'm I'm with Ryan there that I think he's a val- he's a valuable member of the squad for us. And you mentioned it there, the, the number like the stats that he gets, the numbers he gives us. Let's I've seen a few people in the, the comments mention someone else that we've not touched on. And you compare them, different types of players, completely different types of players, offers the teams different stuff. Kent and Sakala, the amount in, the numbers that Sakala gives you, and that's ultimately where a lot of players get viewed. The numbers that they give you, particularly in that attacking midfield, striker type of role. Um Sakala's miles head and shoulders above what Kent offers as an, an attacking threat. And that's that's not something that's just happened to Kent this season. That's been Kent consistently consistently since we've signed him, that he's not really offered enough going forward. And he's got that seven and a half million price tag on them. And they're both fairly similar in the way that you can both level at them, that they don't give up during a game. But ultimately, yeah. Sakala, Sakala ends up getting you a goal. Sakala ends up assisting more goals. So for me, I think at the moment, Sakala is probably a more valuable asset to the team than Ryan Kent is right now. And I know that may be controversial. Yeah, well, you're saying it to me, mate. Fucking Kent fanboy sitting here. Um, Such a fair just, argument, though, isn't it? Uh, I no, 100%. I was just about That's to say, like, we didn't miss Kent on Saturday. Do you know what I mean? He didn't think, oh, I wish Ryan Kent was playing. You didn't. That, 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 that thought didn't cross my mind at all. But I, I do think with, with Ryan Kent, I, I think it's like we're coming back to this coach I mentioned earlier as well. Like, one I, this week I want to keep Morelos and get rid of Kent, and next week I'm going to want to keep Kent and get rid of Morelos. But that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think both of them are going to move on now. I think I, I believe that both of them are going to move on now. And I think the, the final the final bit for me with Kent was the old fun performance because he was awful. He was like honestly terrible. Um, and I think that was when I was like, mm, right, okay, maybe it's time to move on. But with like Sakala, I get it. Look, I understand it. But he scored that goal and then he got the ball on the right hand side. He should have squared the ball into the box. He decided to shoot from an angle that he was probably never going to shoot from and put it in Rosette. And I'm just like, <laughs> I can't cope with you. <laughs> Literally cannot cope with you. You know, it's driving me mental. And I'm so happy that you've just scored the goal. But uh, it was just, uh, Sakala's, a, Sakala's a tough one. But you're probably right. I reckon he will. You reckon he will remain in the squad. Um, Arfield as well, the Arfield goal, um, Scotia, I'll come back to you, 60 passes, mate, and an absolute wonder run by by Cantwell, best of the bunch, absolute best of the bunch, it was a really, really well-worked goal, didn't realise we had the ball for as long as we did, uh, until obviously it started appearing on social media and whatever else, but the run from Cantwell, mate, um, as well, we'll, we'll stick with Cantwell, um, Bill mentioned in his press conference after the, the, after the game that he wants more from him, he wants shots from distance, I do still think there is more to come from Cantwell, um, but by God, I cannot wait to see it, mate. What's your your thoughts on on him? Yeah, well, if Beale's saying that he wants more from Cantwell, Cantwell can offer more. Then I'm very excited to see it because I think Cantwell's yeah. been brilliant, brilliant since he's come in. He's, I think he's almost picked up every man of the match in the games that he started. He's been that good. I mean, he's. I don't think there's an outstanding choice for a player of the season this year. But come the end of the season, I think Cantwell quite potentially be in the discussion with another couple. Um, he's been brilliant. Um, on Beale's comment about him shooting, I mean, I know Cantwell came out in his first interview and he did say that he wasn't the type of player that scored the goals. He was the player that made the goals and things like that and he liked doing that. So if he can add that scoring goals to his locker, then in which, you know, he got got one there. Did he, was it two assists he got at the weekend as well? Because yeah. um, yeah, I think he got, got assists for one of Morelos. Oh, did they get assists for that? Did they? Yeah. Yeah, but even his goal as well, it was a tidy finish, similar to the, the one, who were we playing when he done the wee basketball hoop celebration? I can't remember who what team we were actually playing, but similar sort of types of goals there. Just very neat and Motherwell, tidy. Motherwell, was it? Ah, it was, Motherwell Live. Yeah, so neat and tidy goals that he's doing there. But no, I've really, really liked Camel. I know Ryan, not Ryan, apologies. Uh, Ali said that he was going to be a player when he came to us, but I think he's, he's took me... I thought he would be good, but he's took me by surprise by how good he's actually been. 
uh, you're getting a wee bit confused thinking that stop giving Alistair credit because he's not here. But you're not thinking that it's Law- it was Lawrence that he said it was going to be really good. I don't know if he said Cantwell. Did he say Cantwell? No, he has remember. said that he. He did say that Cantwell would be. No, he didn't. He, nah, Ali, he's wa- not here. Ali watches he's... an awful lot of Norwich, as you know. Ali's nah, a big Norwich fan. Yeah, he's a big Norwich fan, yeah. He likes the green shorts. Um, he's a farmer. Right. <laughs> yes. Ryan, your thoughts on Cantwell, mate, I just, the more the more I see him, the more I think you are, you're the centre of this team now in, in our attacking sense. I, I love his attitude. I love his, his ability to be everywhere on the pitch and my dad's been picking him out constantly when we've been watching games together my dad's like this boy's an absolute player it's funny you say that <clears throat> very funny you say that because my dad is the exact same if yeah. you think I can be negative about Rangers I criticise Rangers you've heard <laughs> nothing you've sat next to my dad so <laughs> my, old, my old man it'll take a while to get to his name but he, he calls him the boy with the blonde hair or he called him a couple of things, but he doesn't quite get his name yet. But he's getting there. But he likes Cantwell, and that that tells me everything. So, I am right into Cantwell. I like <clears throat> I like the way he breaks the lines. What I don't want him to do, and I don't think he's going there. I, I like that Bill's pushing him. Take the handbrake off because I think there's a player that we sold in the summer who didn't do that enough. And Joe Rebo, I think Joe Rebo was the star man in our midfield, and he didn't realise it. I think he played the safe pass too much. I think when you saw against like Braga sometimes, and he would go on a run, he would beat like three or four men, and you'd be like, that's what I want you to do. That Just do that all the time, Joe. And other times, you would just beat a man and he would square the, square the ball. This is what I want to see from Cantwell, that goal where he just skips by, I don't know, is it two or three of them? I've not seen it back, but he just drives at them and then plays a slip ball through the middle, and I'm like, yes. This is what we've been screaming for. I know it's against St Mirren. I know it's the dying minutes of a game that's possibly meaningless, whatever you want. But he's still done it. It gets his confidence up and it's what I want to see. And I think that's why Bielo have brought him up here to do things like that and, and contribute to the attacking play like that because we are, as I exhaustingly say, every pod, we are too heavy on playing the ball out to the wing and crossing it in. That's yeah. exactly what you want to see from Cantwell and that's why he's been brought up here. Yeah, I just like the fact that it goes right. Okay, we've now. I'm not that he's counted, but it's like okay, we've made 59 passes now. I'll make the 60th and we'll score a goal yeah. from it. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's that it's that mentality of well, we're not going forward here, so I'll I'll make something happen. Exactly. Uh, and he does. See, it's with, very. Yeah, go on. Sorry for cutting across you, Carney. The thing we can't well, and you could label this at uh, Raskin as well. They've both got that wee bit of gallusness about them that. I like mm. to see in players, you know, they both know that they're good and they, they can execute themselves being good in the pitch, which is great to see. Yeah, I can't percent agree. He believes in himself. He believes that. And I think he's, he's he's made such a response, so such a quick impression on the, the fans um, that he's quickly becoming a fan's favourite as well. I mean, we all kind of, it's one of the ones if he wasn't in the team now, you'd be going, oh, Cantwell's not playing. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's a good impact to have in such a short space of time that he's been here. But he's also, he's winning, He's the fact that he's winning the fans over, it takes away that Rangers Twitter reaction that he would get if, say, he'd played a misplaced pass or a run for him didn't come off. Like, as you're saying, we're we'll, we'll just about to come to Ryan Kent, but now when Ryan Kent does something like that, it's like, my goodness, set the house on fire. Ryan Kent didn't beat his man. Let's let's throw everything out, the everything out because he didn't beat a man. And it's because he's lost faith in them. But Cantwell started his career in a spectacular way, it really has. And I'm so excited to see more of him, especially after a pre-season and when new players coming in. I really can't wait to see more of him. I think he's a fantastic sign and it was one that has definitely, definitely worked. No doubt about it. Um, so we'll move on from that and we'll move on to Ryan Kent, who obviously didn't play at the weekend due to a, a, a knock, whatever the knock may be. Uh, obviously not been in fantastic form um, for a good while now and obviously running down his contract. Scotia, there's been links gathering pace or rumours gathering pace that um, the latest team is Burnley who are um, who are currently cantering the Championship, mate, and look, there's an absolute certainty to go back up to the, the Premier League. Um, Burnley, mate, for me, Ryan Kent going there, that's probably a pretty good move for him and he's going to have a... A team where he'll it'll probably shoot him, to be honest, because Burnley have started to play pretty good football. Um, what's your thoughts on that, that link? That's one I could see happening, to be honest. 
Aye, it'd be a decent move for him because what Burnley did they win the championship? Aye, so they're is it one? Has they won it now? Have they won it already? I, I, yeah. think, I think they won it. I think they won it. Yeah, so that's them back up at the Premier League, and like that's probably where Kent wants to see himself playing in the, the top flight English football. Um, it's where an awful lot of players want to see themselves play because it's deemed as one of the, the best leagues in the world. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got to the stage now with Kent, like I said, it switches week to week, but um, no, I think the time's gone with Kent. There's Matondo coming on playing from the left. I'm, I'm not saying that Matondo's going to be able to do what Kent's done over his time at Rangers, but I think we've got options there that will Kent be as huge a miss as I maybe initially thought he would be? I don't know, because he's not really... I think when Beal first came in, you got a wee upturn in, in Kent's play, and I thought for a month he was starting to play decently, but he's started to fall away again since then, since about the mid-February onwards, he's kind of started to sort of decline and as you as you've already said that game against um Celtic the other week there he was really really poor and I think as well what Kenny I know it's a still frame picture but that's still frame picture where he's got the ball attacking and you know Morelos is sitting in there in the middle at the time I, did, I don't think I really remembered that but the still frame just gets you um I think it for us it's the best that Kent moves on yes yes you can maybe look at it seven and a half million gone no no return in that investment but again, like he's, he's like Alfie at the start of his Rangers career, he did score important goals for us. The first goal he scored against Celtic for us while he was on loan, you know, that was a massive goal at that point. Um, you know, certainly gave us confidence that day sitting watching it. Um, aye, Burnley, I could be a decent shout because I think they're starting to play a wee bit more expansive football rather than the Burnley off Sean Dyche. <laughs> yeah, Sean Dyche, Sean Dyche that everybody wanted. Well, people wanted them to manage Rangers. I'm like, please no. Honestly, please no. Um, Ryan, what's your thoughts on it? I think there's people, uh, see people in the chat saying he's not good enough. He should play in the championship. He's going to end up, I think, winners at Forest. He's a Liverpool B team player, all, all this kind of stuff. I think people forget how good Ryan Kent was when he was playing very well. And there's definitely still a player in there, but for whatever reason, it seems to all just went a wee bit stale at Rangers. And I think you've always said, mate, that you believe Kent should move on. Am I correct? Yeah, I do. I guess. Similar to, I mean, you used the same phrase that I would use for Alfredo Morelos in, in terms of how good he was. I think that's the same with Kent. That's, we have a romantic, we all remember that goal at Celtic Park that he scored in the celebration and he was brilliant. And then he had that game against Borussia Dortmund where I, I think it's one of the best performances I've seen from a Rangers player in Europe. I know that is a huge shout. I think that's how good he was against Dortmund away from home. I thought he was unplayable. Caveat to that is 20 games in between, he's very, very average. And that's and that's where we are where Ryan Kent, I think he's had his time at Rangers. I wish him all the best when he does move on. I don't think his future is again, it's the relationship between Rangers and Kent. It just doesn't work anymore for me. I can't remember walking away from a from Ibrooks or a game and saying, you know, Kent was brilliant today or, or Kent lit, lit it up today. It's just, it just doesn't happen for him. And I think a lot to do with mentality with him and maybe he needs a new challenge himself. But yeah, um, we didn't miss him on Saturday. Yes, it was only against St Mirren. But I just, I, what I don't like is the criticism Ryan Kent gets. I think he's worked great right off the ball. It's always there. He tries his heart out for Rangers. He loves the club. I think nobody can deny that. It's just came to an end. Now we've had him what is it? Is it four seasons? Three, four seasons now? Five, four years. Is it is five? It? No, only before. Uh, it was only, it it was only signed. To, well, wait, five if you count the loan spell. Aye, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what Aye. I thought. For me, that's... He's, he's done his part. Yes, seven and a half million was a lot of money we paid for him. The, the, the target when we signed him was 55 and to stop 10 and we did it. And we probably should have moved him on. And I hear all this fan saying now, oh, why did we not sell Morelos Kent, blah, 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 Borna, everybody else. If we'd sold Ryan Kent when we won 55, there would have been an absolute meltdown. People would have went crazy. So, yes, it's easy to say that now, but listen, Ryan Kent's going to leave for free. That's frustrating, but I think history, as we've said many times, will reflect well on Ryan Kent. It just feels now it's the right time for him to go as well, mate. In my, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, no, I think I think I'm coming around to that idea as well now, mate. I think the more the more I see players like Cantwell and Raskin shining within the team, I'm going, God, we don't half need fresh legs here. We don't half need new bodies. And I think he's one of the ones that's 
part of the the old guard if you like that could be moved on. I think it would be it is, it's 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 pretty poor that we're we're not going to make any money back on them because of how much we we put the outlay on them. Uh, but I do agree that when we won fifty five, nobody was calling for Alfredo Morelos or Ryan Kent to leave the club. Nobody was. So if the club had went and done it there, it would be like oh you're just money grabbing this and that. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I think it's went too far now. Don't get me wrong. I think probably towards at the end of last season we should have been looking to move these players on, and that's an error on Ross. Wilson's part, I believe, and um, possibly Geo. I don't know, possibly Geo as well. I don't really know, um, but yeah, I'm just I'm coming round to the the opinion of maybe it's time to to move on. But I do believe that it's somewhere we need to recruit as well if he does move on because as good as Rabi was, it was I don't know 15 minutes or 12 minutes, whatever it was he was on. I'm not saying that he's the answer because I, I generally don't believe that he is. I don't believe that he is. Can I anyway, ask just before. Quickly? Sorry, I know oh. we've got running down, sorry, but I I'm think sorry. I think there's a, an element of because of where we've been, and it took us a long time to get players of Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos's standard of player. I think there's a fear factor with our support sometimes that if we let them go, what we're gonna get in return. Mm-hmm. I think once we move on and we see players like Cantwell and Raskin coming in, it will ease that fear, that scar tissue of losing players like that, because there definitely seems to be a Detachment issue with Rangers fans and players like that. You're talking to head of detachment here, mate. <laughs> Literally the head of detachment. You're 100 percent right, mate. That's a cracking way of putting it. Scotia, I would go along with that. There's something in that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the, the Raskin and Campbell fees are what around the one and a half two million mark. Um, Kent Kent must be one of the, in the top five signings that we've made in terms of expenditure. I think Michael Ball was around about six and a half, six million. I think, I think Kent's up in the top five, maybe even top three type of players that we've, the expenditure we've made for them. And to be honest, when you, the highest one's Flo, I thought Flo had a decent return, but for the price at the time, we were expecting far more than we got. And maybe harshly on him at the time. I know that's going back a fair bit now, but um, maybe, maybe we're guilty of that with Kent as well, that you're looking at the seven and a half million fee and expecting far more than than he's able to offer, which is potentially unfair in Kent because Scottish football, the, the money in the Scottish football market is completely different than it is to our neighbours down south. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's pretty spot on, though. I think what Ryan's saying there probably has a detachment issue that if he goes, who are we going to get? <laughs> Don't take him away from me, kind of thing. Like, and that's that's me, man. I'm guilty of that. 100% I'm guilty of that. Um, but we'll see. Interesting one, but I think uh, it's looking like both players, uh, Ken and Manelos, will, will, now, um, will now move on. So, quickly before we finish up tonight, um, Scotia was confirmed that the B team will continue in the Lowland League, um, met by happiness by Rangers fans, majority of them anyway, and hatred from the rest of Scottish football about it. I couldn't believe I actually went in and read the Twitter comments on the, the official post that got put out about it, and I was like, my goodness, there's not many people that are fond of this idea. What's your make of it, mate? Is it worthwhile the B team to stay in the Lone League? Yeah, I've seen the news come out last night. I've not actually read any of the comments or stuff that get put out. Quite funny. I can imagine what some of them are. Because I've said this before, my dad's an Albion Rover supporter, so he's a supports a lower team in Scottish football who are at the moment very, very close to going down into that Lowland League game if they don't pull their finger out because they're sitting bottom of League 2. Um, but he's not getting any issue with it. So, so I think there are some lower league fans that don't mind. There's others that just hate it because... They hate it. They hate Rangers. Um, for me, it's a good thing. We spoke about it when the news got announced that we're looking into these type of things. And I, at the time, I wanted us to keep it going. I think it's a benefit. I do think it'd be better if the B team could progress up the leagues a wee bit more. But we're stuck with this. So at the moment, this is what we have to take because it's really all we've got. Otherwise, we're just playing... There's Because there's no reserve league, we're just playing bounce games behind closed doors for these players. And we've got an awful lot of players... Kind of coming through, we've put an awful lot of effort. You know, Ross Wilson put a bit of effort into that in his time here. Um, you look at players like Zach Lovelace that have been signed with a view to developing him to be, you know, come into the first team and, and play. And Bailey Rice, your examples as well. We've obviously benefited from it with Patterson, King, Divine, you know, players like these recently. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing that at least it's guaranteed for another season. But I do th- hope that Scotland could be a wee bit more insular looking and kind of, you know, embrace the wider world and what goes on in the wider world. 
word of the podcast there, Scotia, right out the top bag. Um, that, was a, that was a particularly good one. I, my opinion on it is, I, I agree, I think there, there has to be a progression there um, for them. I think there has to be, I would like to see them being able to progress up the leagues a little bit, but that's purely on my my love for my club and what I think it would help with my club going forward. In terms of what it's produced, I think there's a tendency because we are playing low in league football, which is well professional football, but obviously some teams are part time, etc. That you, you, a lot of Rangers fans expect that the eleven players that play or the eleven first teamers are immediately going to come to the first team, and it's not going to work like that. You maybe get two that potentially make the squad. One might make it, one might not, and the rest of them will kind of get absorbed into Scottish football because the players should be good enough um, in order to go play full time for a team um, that's, that's that's my view on it anyway I also think the Scottish football themselves could do a lot more to aid the fact that the B teams are in the leagues and even the women's team stop putting the games on when Rangers are playing the first team are playing, it shouldn't be happening you could get a lot more money by put, playing games on a Friday night, playing games on a Sunday afternoon, giving a chance for people to take their kids along to it to still go watch Rangers playing football and they don't do that enough so they kind of shoot themselves in the foot and the criticism of oh, you said you were going to get more fans, yeah well I think the club believed that there would be a bit more a, a bit more freedom about arranging fixtures that weren't going to clash with the first team. Um, uh, but again, it didn't really seem to have happened. But in terms of them staying in the league, I think it can only can only be a good thing for them to be playing at a, at a certain level. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of for it going forward. Ryan, your thoughts on the, the B team continuing the Lowland League and everything that surrounds it, mates, to finish up? Yeah, I, think, I think there's good things and bad things. I think... I think I'd imagine the, the teams in the lower league will be happy to a certain point because <clears throat> they'll get bigger, they'll get bigger crowds. So I might see them twice this season. I think and um, there was a decent, decent crowd at the games. They'll play against decent opposition. Obviously, as you said, that the players are full time, so they're very, very fit. And the other good thing is nobody mentions the Rangers and Celtic. Well, and Hearts as well. I believe. If they win the loan league, they can't get promoted. So we're not kind of taking mm-hmm. away the avenue of them going up the divisions, the other teams going up the divisions. But I'm more worried about Rangers. I'm more worried about players like Alex Lowry, who I've seen playing for the B team. And my first thought is, you're wasted here. What is yeah. what's the next step for you if you're not getting into the first team or not in the fringes of the first team? Where are you going with your career? Charlie McCann was another one that I thought I knew he was too good for that league. Yes, we've moved them on now, much to my disappointment, but obviously Rangers didn't feel he was at that level, so I think it's a good thing for Rangers B as a whole, but I, there is a worry for me that players who are on the fringes of the first team are ready to kind of get into the first team, what are we doing with them because I don't want to see them wasting themselves away in the Lowland League, it's too they're they are too, some of them are too good for that, and Zach Lovelace for me appears to be the next one who I don't want to see him waste his time away, down. I'd rather we put him out and loan to a, a kind of lower a Scottish team or English team and try and get them first team football at a better level than the than the Lowland League, mate. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see the, I can see the argument in that, mate. But maybe that's again the, something the club that should, the club should be looking into as well, because it's clear that Lowry's far too good for that level, far too good for that level. He, he canters it, and he got a bad injury because he's far too good for it. Because somebody just basically rage quit, did a Scotia, and just absolutely wiped him out. So you can. You have never injured someone with marriage quit. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, mate. Tried, that's very true. He tried to injure me in the pub on Saturday night. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I can see the argument in that, mate. That the club should be more proactive about getting the players that are too good for the Lowland League, maybe not good enough for us in the first team, but get them out to a team in England or something like that to get them up, get them on time. I think there's definitely an argument in that. So that will do us for tonight, gentlemen. Um, Scotia, thank you very much for joining me tonight, mate, and for rushing home from work so we could do a podcast. I appreciate it, man. Ah, cheers, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure. Um, I'll way off now to watch the rest of the Napoli-Milano game. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ryan, thanks very much, mate. Uh, cheers, mate. I think this works well with three. I think this is the three best podcasters, podcasters on tonight. Don't need Pearson, so it's up to yourself if you want to put him up for transfer and make some money. And we'll buy Broomhill because I heard they're up for sale. 
<laughs> they're also up for sale, yeah. Uh, they're also up for sale. So, yeah, um, that'll do, as I say. As always, please do like the video. Please do subscribe to the channel. That'd be very much appreciated. We will be back on Friday with Club Live. I think Ali's hosting. Yeah, that will be Ali, won't it? It's his turn. You think you've been the last two weeks. So, Ali will be hosting on Friday. So, until then, enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the, the pleasant weather that we seem to be having just now in um, Central and West Scotland. I think it's all Scotland nice just now. I don't know how, honestly. Uh, all of, all of Scotland's pretty nice. Yeah, tell me tell me you're from Glasgow without telling me you're from Glasgow. Yeah, that's what that was right there. So yes, um we'll speak to you on Friday. We are Club at 22, the Rangers Podcast, and enjoy our new music, everybody. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>